How's it guys? My name is Mark Haystick and on this episode of the Birding Life Youth Podcast, I have a guest speaker who I've been following on social media for a while, but only got to meet him in person recently when he came on holiday to my area and I bumped into him on the side of the road. And since then, he's gone on an adventure to the Karoo National Park and made a video out of his trip there. So that's where I got the idea of making this episode from. Now, we both got, got up at Sparrow's Fart this morning so that Ethan didn't have to miss his dissection practical that was happening just after the podcast episode, literally like 15 minutes later he had to be in class. So I hope you enjoyed this episode. All right, good morning, Mr. Day. Uh, we are speaking to you day today. <laughs> really cool name yeah. for an early morning start. We are starting this podcast recording at 7 a.m. in the morning. So, Ethan, tell me a bit about where you are calling from today and what situation you're in. All right. How's it, Mark? And how's it to all the listeners? It's really great to be on the show. Um, so, I'm currently at Onostaport Village, the residence for the veterinary students of the University of Pretoria. And it's dissection week, anatomy week. So this week, we are literally just doing a week full of anatomy stuff where we go and we dissect um, things. And, you know, so it's a, it's a busy week and there's not a lot of time during the day. So we have to do this early in the morning. Cool banana. Sound like a bit of a scientist. You're going to be dissecting any birds or is it confidential? <laughs> um yeah they don't like to share too much about it but okay. you know, i'm only in second year so it's still the basic stuff um but there's a a birding group among the op students and anytime that they get some interesting um bird related medical things coming in they share about it uh, among the op students and we all if we get a chance we might go have a look we might not um, oh, but okay. it's really interesting yeah sure yeah, I know. And when did this sort of passion start? Is it a passion? What or what drove you to to get involved in veterinary stuff? Well, you know, I think really, I mean, it's cliche, but really for as long as I can remember, um, you know, the first trip that I can remember going to the bush, you know, looking for wildlife, looking for birds and things, I was about three and that was to the Kalahadi with my parents, my older brother. And that left, uh, you know, a, a very profound impression on me. Um, and so since then, really, it's been, my passion has been to work in the bush with animals. Um, and so for a long time, I was toying between, you know, becoming an ornithologist, becoming a vet, becoming a safari guide, and then eventually uh, becoming a vet. That was the thing that I settled on. And I'm really glad that I did. I'm absolutely loving it here at Ornstaport. Wow. Lackerman. So, so you, you were quite a lot younger when you first went to the bush. How, how old were you then? I was, I was about three. So that was oh, gee. Yeah, 2005. So I was three. Um, but, you know, it's, I mean, I still remember some of the sightings that we had like it was yesterday. <laughs> you know, it's... Um, sure, yeah, like it's, 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 is a magical place. It's like no other, really. Yeah. Raptors and owls in particular. Oh, yeah, totally. And have you been back there since? I have, I have. I've been, I, let me just count. I've been in, that was 2005, 2009. I think I've been about five, five times. All right, Yeah, so I'm, I'm very lucky. I'm very lucky to, to have visited 
Yeah. Mm, no, no, it's an absolutely, I don't even know how to describe it. It's just so different to the rest of South Africa. And, uh, you know, it, it's that iconic part of the, the north, the northwestern uh, corner of South Africa where it looks like a pinnacle. There's like a knife. I always see it as like a yeah. knife sticking out of the country, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, um, until 2019, I hadn't gone. And that's when I went for my first time. And oh my word, John, uh, my life just, it grew really like, like just shot up and these, these weird wacky yeah. desert birds I'd never seen before. Um, and yeah, the greatest oh. thing was that I, I joined, I joined someone and we, 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 we drove, we drove in, in, in the car through the, over the mountain, you know, into the Karoo, through the great Karoo. And we actually oh, passed um, Karoo national park on the way. And we spent the nights on a farm before we went into the park and the next morning we went into the park. So we got to see the whole landscape change from the Southern part of South Africa to the Northern part. And um, mm. talking about Karoo national park, that is somewhere that you have made some pretty cool recent YouTube videos about. And, um, uh, and you, you, you went there kind of recently and it's a similar habitat to the Kalahari. It's just not as extreme. Am I correct? Am I correct? It, it is. It's similar in that it's so arid. Um, but the, the difference with the with the Karoo National Park is how mountainous and rocky it is. Uh, in, in the Kalahari or the Kalahari, it's sandy rolling hills and the occasional riverbed with, you know, calcrete um, outcrops on either side. Mm. But the Karoo National Park is situated um, uh, on along the Neverfeld mountain range, which is just enormous and so, I mean, breathtaking. So, I mean... Apart from the, the birding and the wildlife that you stand a chance of seeing in the Karoo National Park, I mean, the scenery alone, it's, it's enough to take a breath away. Sure, yeah. No, I totally agreed. Uh, I've also had opportunity to get there once or twice. And uh, yeah. what a different part of the world. Um, now, that's in the greater Karoo of Southern Africa, for those who don't know, but I'm not going to talk too much about this stuff. Well, let me not put the pressure on Ethan here, but he is a bit more knowledgeable about it than I am. Um, but, you know, in South Africa, you get the, the, the coast and then uh, here where I am in the garden routes, it's mostly forest and fainbos. You go over the mountain into the north, you get the Klein Karoo, where there's Otswiren, known as the ostrich capital of the world. You go over the Swartberg, even more north, and then you get to the Great Karoo. And the Great Karoo covers about, I don't know, almost a third of the country, right, Ethan? Yeah, more or less. Uh, I think it is about, about a third. I've always said that if, you know, if Cape Town is the the pretty face of South Africa, of Cape Town or the Kruger National Park, the pretty faces of South Africa. And the Karoo is the, like the beating heart. It's just massive and Oof. so unique. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. And it really is. It, it, it may not look like it, but the Karoo, uh, the semi-arid area of South Africa, is it, it, it's, it's, it's got a, you can't judge a book by its cover in this instance because it looks so arid and dry. But the, as soon as you step in there and you sort of slow down and start absorbing in and embracing the atmosphere and the, the 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 nature there, you know, you start realizing more and more as to how much life is actually hidden behind, you know, all the bushes. <laughs> you know, there's there's so much bird yeah. life that it's so such contrasting bird life to the rest of the country. The habitat is so unique, and especially when it rains in this country, it just blooms. It just blossoms with wildlife and activity. So, Ethan, when was your well, let me first ask you, what is your your favorite national park or favorite habitat to be in South Africa? Because um, and I'd be quite interested to know. Sure. I mean, 
I think you you couldn't have asked a more difficult question. Um, <laughs> I mean, I've visited, uh, you know, the, the Kruger National Park is is up there just because of the size. It's, I mean, it's unparalleled game viewing, birding area, just because of its size and everything. But, and then of course the Khalakhadi, which has got, I've got fond childhood memories there and amazing diversity of or unique, you know, desert birds and wildlife. I would have to say it's probably the Mountain Zebra National Park in the Eastern Cape near sure. Kraduk. And I, I think there'll be a few people saying, what? You know, why, why a, a small park in the Eastern Cape, which scarcely has space for a pride of lion and a cup of cheetah? Um, but oh, wow. the thing about it is that it's got, from a birding aspect, it's got so many different habitats. You know, you've got these high sort of, you know, high altitude grasslands, and then you've got, you know, that sort of typical Eastern Cape thickets down in the valleys. And then you've got sort of areas that are more reminiscent of the Karua. So it's it's on that sort of boundary of a whole bunch of different habitats. Like a buffer just zone makes, between a, a bunch of different habitats, yeah. yeah. No, exactly. And, and so then, and it's, it's well run. So they've managed their, their mammal populations um, really well. And then the birds are just fantastic. Um, yeah, that's, that's, that's really where I got into birding. Um, because of wow. the, you know the diversity of little larks and puppets and things, I'm not particularly good with the LBJs, but <laughs> you know that's where that's where I was sort of introduced. Yeah, I don't think anyone's particularly good with the LBJs. I think the only person who you can say is good is someone like Fonz Peacock and 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 the, the 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 professionals. But the professionals, I don't think LBJs is anyone's strong side of birding. You know they're maybe they're good at it compared to other people, but no one's actually good at it. Maybe I'm wrong. I think there's some pretty good guys out there, but I, I, I don't know. I don't know. We'll get there one day. Um, but we will, we will. Yeah, no ways. Uh, I mean, it's, well, not no ways. I mean, you're near, like it's, it's, it's pretty difficult, um, but it's LBJs are a challenge, which kind of makes it a bit more exciting in birding. You know, you, you, you kind of get to a stage where you, you've seen a lot of lifers and now you're stuck in your home province and you, you're not traveling a lot and you, you finding it difficult to find lifers. So you find something else in birding to keep you excited. And that's, you know, digging into the, the harder, challenging, more challenging aspects of birding. And that's, you know, learning the local birds better or, or finding better ways to identify birds and stuff. So yeah, no, that's kind of the stage that you get to once you get 400, 500 plus and you, you don't get to travel out of the country as much. Um, so anyways, I don't know about that, those things about the Mountain Zebra National Park. I've never been there myself. I've heard a bit about it, but I didn't know that it was actually such a diverse area. But um, as, I, as we were saying earlier, you recently went to the Karoo National Park um, and you did a bit of videography there for your YouTube channel. Tell us a bit about the Kuru National Park and what relationship you have with the area? Well, I think the first time that I went there, I was about seven. And just to give an idea of, you know, the contrasts and the extremes of the place, my yeah. first visit was at, in the winter time, and it was snowing the one day. We were driving along the, the Port Lekerki Loop, which is the, the long loop that goes out of the rest camp up onto the plateau, it's about a three, four hour loop and you climb up and I just have this memory of driving, you know, on top of these 
insane mountains, you know, the Nivelfeld Mountains, and seeing a herd of Gemsbok running up the road in the snow. Um, it is such an extreme environment. Wow. So that, that, was my, that was my first visit, uh, seeing, the, seeing the Greater Karoo with snow. Um, I mean, I've never seen it since, and I, I, I think I'll be very lucky to see it again. Sure. That, that, was, yeah. that was my first visit. And then since then, um, I've, I've gone at sometimes every, every year, at least once every year for, for a couple of years on the trot. But other than that, I've probably gone overall, I've probably gone once every two years since then. And the reason for that is that it, it is also quite a convenient uh, stopover on the way to and from other places. So if we go to the mountains, Zebra National Park, we'll stop there because it's sort of en route. But I think limiting the Karoo National Park to a stopover is doing it a, a gross disservice. Yeah. I mean, it's a destination on its own. And I think people are starting to realize that at the moment. Sure, um, yeah. Since they reintroduced Lion, um, and there are rumors that they're planning to reintroduce Cheetah, I think they're trying to make it a trying to make it a destination of its own. And I oh. honestly think that it is. Yeah, no, it already is very much. I mean, my visit there, I went with Justin Ponder. I can't remember when it was. It was like, I think it was end of 2020 or... Yeah, I see. I got I got a couple of lifers there. They were they were all at the end of 2020, and um, I mean we 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 went there as for like a birding trip, and it was it was really really worth the while. You know, we didn't actually go there for the the mammals and stuff. We got lifers, we got birds. Sure, we got to explore the park and stuff. But then we we did a couple of afternoon drives and stuff. We managed to see quite a few animals, and especially the night drive that was. That was something else. We got to see the, the secretive special mammals of the park. Only some of them, you know, we got caracal, we got porcupine. Um, and just to see those things in the in the Karoo is something different. You know, we you see them in the daytime in the Kalahari or something because everything's so wide open and wild. But the, the Karoo is, I mean, as you know, it's less, it's less active and, and full of things. I mean, the park has one pride, one or two prides of lions and I didn't get to see them at all. We got to, and what was so aggravating was we got to see their tracks the one time I went and, you know, we had heard that they were in the area that we were in and we were so close to seeing these lions. Um, and uh, that, that was, you know, that was sad. We didn't get to see the lions, but there's always good birding there. And that's what excites me so much about the park. Yeah, exactly. I mean, Again, it's, it's a similar story for me with, with LBJs and things. Uh, you go to the Karoo National Park, right? You you don't expect to see oodles of, you know, big fairy things with teeth and claws, you know? I mean, I think in my two visits, uh, no, in all of my visits, I've only seen lion twice. Um, and so I think you've got to be super lucky to see the big, exciting things. But oh, I mean, yeah. you don't... You don't go to the Karoo National Park necessarily to see to lots see, of wildlife. Yeah, to you see go the there. Yeah. yeah, you go there for the whole experience, and a huge part of that experience is the birds. I mean, the, yeah. the, the Karoo Koran, double banded courses, and a whole bunch of, you know, and you it's know very, interesting things that you... Yeah, 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 it's a very scenic park as well. I mean, when I went there, the two times that I've been there, um, 
they were actually all, I'm not sure if they were both the end of the year or beginning of the year, but both times there were always happy campers there, you know, more of the older generation and they were just chilling and brawing and having like a time. And some of them were birders, some of them weren't, but it was just amazing to me that, you know, it's not a, a big five reserve and there's no big game besides the line and the, the Gemsburg really. Um, and, and, and these people just go, and I think it's because of the awesome scenery and the, the atmosphere of the place. Cause I, I certainly enjoyed that aspect of the park. Oh, exactly. At the time of, of filming my most recent YouTube um, series in the Korea National Park, I was actually there just over a weekend. It was pensioners discount week. So I was the only person there uh, below 60. Yeah, I was um, going to ask, Ethan, now, how old are you again? <laughs> yeah. How old are you again? <laughs> I, I just got there by... I. I just I got there at that time uh, just by fluke and a stroke of luck really because they all all the um, you know the campers around me the bullies you know there were there were a lot of birders among them and you know that that walk around the camp with their binocs they'd see a, a young guy you know camping from the boot of a hundred jazz and they'd say what's this what's this guy up to um, and then they'll they'd figure out that I'm a birder as well and then we'd get chatting. Um, and yeah, it's it's just got a friendly atmosphere. The staff as well. Um, some of them I've gotten to know over the years uh, fairly well, and it's just a it's just like it feels like you're coming home. I think when you go into the Greater Korea, the Korea National Park, for me at least, it feels like I'm coming to a second home. Yeah. Yeah. No, because you you've been there so many times, and I suppose like you've gotten to know it, and it's gotten to know you, and like the people there have. And that's pretty cool that you've you've developed a bit of a relationship with the staff. Yeah, I remember when I was there, the same. I felt very, very welcome, like by the visitors, by the staff, you know. Um, not that necessarily that this podcast is all about reviewing the Karoo National Park, but I gotta just say that was it was pretty good. Um, and it is a national park of South Africa, so it's owned by Sand Parks, um, which is pretty cool. You know, it's not a five-star uh, private lodge kind of thing, but they've got the those awesome chalets that are all lined up. And it's an awesome sunrise or sunset photo that you can get, you know, with the chalets lined up and you you get to film the, the like a sort of a, you can do a time lapse of the sunrise or sunset. It's absolutely beautiful. Um, and that's something I remember very clearly. And the, 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 the camp is relatively large, hey? I mean, I don't know about you, but the, the, the time I spent at the park is mainly walking around the camp, actually going birding. Yeah, they've got a few... Obviously, they've got it's quite it is quite a big camp. They've got you know on the sort of western side they've got the pool, and then it goes there's a long line of chalets past the restaurant down to the campsite, and then you know to the back of of all of that they've got quite a big area of you know of mountain face that is fenced in to the campsite, and they've got a few trails. Obviously, they've got the fossil trail, um, which is like an interactive walking trail with information boards about different fossils of, you know, prehistoric creatures and whatever. And then they've got the Borsi Trail and I think there's the Pointer Trail. The Pointer Trail, you might need a guide. I think the Pointer Trail might go out of the camp itself. But there are a number of trails, you know, in and around the camp, from the campsite to the restaurant, from the pool to the restaurant. And they all, you know, take your binocs with you there because, I mean, yeah. Yeah. You know, you're bound to see something, something interesting. Oh, definitely. And what was that? There's that one trail about the lion. Oh, I'm not familiar. 
Is it? No, it's, it's about a famous lion who kept on escaping um, and ended up moving oh. him to, was it was it Casper? No, that was, um, uh, uh, what's his name now? <laughs> Sylvester. Sylvester, not Casper. Similar yeah, Sylvester. They call him Spook. That's why you thought Casper. Ah, oh, yes, Spook. Yeah, no. Okay, okay. Yeah, and, oh. and he 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 like escaped a couple of times, and didn't they translocate him to Addo? Yeah, they did. It was the Addo region. I think he's. I think he hangs out um, near the Kuzuko Lodge area in that part of the Eastern Cape. Yeah. Um, no, yeah, he escaped. I can't tell you exactly how long he was out for, but I mean, he was taking out sheep cows and I think he did some <laughs> wild yeah. programming kudu. And he was having the time of his life. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm sure. Yeah. That's like, yeah. no, lucky line. And did you get to see the lines in any of your trips there? Uh, yeah, I did. Um, on two, two different trips. On the one trip, we saw them twice um, in the same area. The thing about the Karoo National Park is that if you're in a sedan vehicle that can't go off-road, you've, you're limited to two options uh, in terms of driving. And so then the one year when we went, we were in a, a 4x4 and we decided to do some 4x4 loops. And we had a really nice sighting of one of the prides up on the section with 4x4 access. So what I'm told is that there are two prides, one that operates closer to the rest camp, and then one that, that operates, you know, further northwest. Um, and I've seen both. My best sighting was in the northwest, and then I did see the, you know, the members of the second pride quite far away uh, down on the Amakis Lechter loop, which is a small one uh, close to the entrance gate. But yeah, I have seen them, yeah. Lucky fish. Yeah, Lamakis Lechter, that was more, it's more on the, the southeastern side here. Hey? Yeah, yeah, it is. And it's uh, it's low down. So yeah, it's, it's very low. I remember there was like an open land, you know, it's just flat land. And then you get to that picnic site. It's like a half a day drive away if you're birding, I suppose, because birders take a long time. But you, you get there and it's like open ground and there's like a swimming pool there. And I remember that. And there's a nice thicket around and all the riverbeds and stuff. But that was such open land. And I remember driving there. And um yeah, we obviously didn't, we didn't see many mammals. I don't think, I don't actually remember the mammal sightings. All I really remember are the bird sightings because that's all we were yes. actually focused on. Um, but when we were <laughs> there, um, the first time we heard the lions in the valley to the northwest from the, from the camp. Uh, we were standing in the camp. It was like early morning. We heard them going, ooh, like in the distance, you know, they were yeah. roaring. Oh. And oh, we, it was our last day there and we hadn't seen them. And we were like, oh, wow, at least we heard them, you know. We heard them probably like 10Ks away or something. <laughs> um, yeah, I know, exactly. Yeah, I know, that, that's just how the lines are, I guess. Now I'll say, let me know what you thought of this episode and go take a squiz at Ethan Day's Wildlife YouTube channel, um, Ed Wildlife. And don't forget to subscribe to The Birding Life on all your social media platforms and all the podcast players. Until next time, guys, happy birding and be blessed.